Ready? Absolutely. Here we go. You are listening to Learning Transforms from the Faculty of Education at the University of Victoria. We are coming to you from the traditional territories of Lekwungen people and recognize the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Wasanich people's historical relationships with the land. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ted. Hi, Shawnee. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about student mental health and the supports available on campus and in the community and looking at strategies and programs that are available for people to uh, to address mental health issues. We have as a guest today, Annie Lucas, who is the coordinator of the SHAPE program, which is located in Student Health Services. So Annie, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. Okay, first question, obviously, what is the SHAPE program? Yeah, so SHAPE stands for Student Health Ambassadors and Peer Educators. Um, It's a peer mentorship program. Uh, It's actually split into three different streams. So it originally started out as just a health promotion program um, where students would do outreach activities um, sort of beyond our clinic walls and uh, promote health and well-being on campus. Um, So they do a variety of activities. They would often you know, put on like a de-stress fest around exam time. Um, they would pair up with uh, food services and put on like healthy nutritional events on campus. Um, yeah, just as some examples. Um, then it expanded uh, and we branched, uh, got another branch um, of the SHAPE program with called the Harm Reduction Team. Um, so we have a harm reduction center in the basement of the Student Union Building where we distribute uh, safer uh, substance use and safer sex supplies as well as uh, naloxone kits and provide education around harm reduction. And then uh, the Fit Connect program came along after that. So uh, the Fit Connect program pairs students who are maybe struggling with mild anxiety or depression um, and matches them with a peer student that... Um, can go work out with them basically or do physical activity uh, which is a variety of things Um, so not just limited to going to the gym but they can also go for a walk outside or go participate in some meditation events at multi-faith services so um, just helps encourage people stick to their sort of plan of of increasing their physical activity that sounds fantastic what's your favorite story from working here oh gosh um I mean, I guess there would be more, so many. Um, It's really nice to see students have um, positive experiences with the volunteer program. So we actually had um, a couple students, I guess, um, from the Fit Connect program who were originally participants of the program. Um, So they were referred by a health provider on campus. Um, They were matched with a peer student, participated in the program, and said it went so well for them that they actually returned the following year as volunteers. So just to see that kind of cycle of sustainability and how, you know, they were struggling, but then felt, you know, resilient enough the next year that they could volunteer and help someone else. So that's kind of a positive story. From I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So do you, uh, over time, have you seen uh, an increase in stress-related ailments and students struggling with mental health issues, or is it pretty much a mm-hmm. steady state? What What's the, the lay of the land? 
Yeah, it'd be, it's a kind of a tricky question to answer because I think there's been so much work done to reduce stigma around mental health. So I, I think there always has been stress, anxiety, depression, but I think more people are coming forward and, you know, talking about it now and more people are seeking help for it, which is, which is great, um, that people feel comfortable to do that. Um, so, so I, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's always been there, but, but we are hearing about it more now. Yeah, that's the, that's a good answer. It's like that old sort of sociological conundrum that, you know, when you hire more policemen, the crime rate goes up, right? Mm -hmm. And is it because the rate's going up or you're just catching more people because you've got more people out there looking at, uh, at what's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a student and I'm interested in wanting to join the SHAPE program. What's the process by which I would do that? Yeah, um, so we have an online application uh, through our website. Um, students can fill out the application and then just send it in by email. Um, that application will ask which stream of the SHAPE program they're interested in. Students are more than welcome to volunteer in uh, more than one of the streams. Um, and we typically um, do volunteer training at the beginning of each term, so in September, January. Um, we look for students that can kind of commit to a full year, uh, September to April, um, and if they have sort of relative um, background experience and if they're passionate about improving student well-being on campus. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. As an instructor, I work with a large number of students, and I'm wondering how can I help support your program, but also encourage my students to access the programs that are offered? Yeah, um, just letting them know about the program, I guess, is helpful, um, and encouraging them to kind of engage in the campus community. I think that's important for all students. Uh, um, a lot of them can get focused on just purely academics, but there's so much more to um, you know, your experience at university, volunteering is a great way to meet other people and kind of contribute to the campus community as well. Um, yeah. What was the other part of your question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking yeah. about um, the programs that are offered and, yeah. and also about, uh, you know, responding to your stress, understanding mm -hmm. how it works and taking those topics up in classrooms, yeah. uh, I think is really an important part of the work that um, many of our colleagues do. And, and just recognizing that, you know, the workload's increasing. What are you doing to help your, yeah. to help yourself? Are you eating regularly? Are you getting the outside? Are you playing? Yeah. <laughs> Are you connecting with friends? Things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about work life balance, but there's school life balance as well. Um, yeah, we know that people function their best when they're getting like adequate sleep and um, good nutrition. So, of course, like, you know, being mindful of that and, and you know, not like making those things priority, um, connecting with other people. We know a lot of students struggle from loneliness as well. Um, so just, you know, knowing that those things are important. Um, but then also realizing that stress is a pretty normal part of life. We, we all experience stress um, throughout life. So what, how can you learn to cope with that? Like what are, you know, healthier ways to cope with stress um, and figuring out what works best for you because everyone's going to be different. What would you, you know, if you could give two or three pieces of advice to students that would 
help them maintain that sort of equilibrium. And I know the school year has its stressful times. You've got midterms and finals and assignments are due and it's more stressful at the end of November than it is in the second week of September and so on. But what, what would be some advice that you would give to people that they could take up and implement that would help them with stress levels? Yeah, um, so kind of as I mentioned before, um, we, we know how people can function optimally is on, you know, adequate sleep, good nutrition. Um, so maintaining those things, like trying to prioritize those things and and what can you do to Im- improve your sleep? Uh, you know, it can turn into a little bit of a vicious cycle where anxiety can make it hard to get good sleep, but... Um, but we know that sleep also helps reduce stress and anxiety too. So um, figuring out what ways work for, for you that, that can help you maintain that kind of baseline health. And then beyond that, it's, you know, I always encourage people to connect with their community, connecting with friends, because um, we all need to lean on others at times for support. So, so you know, um, finding your support system here at UVic and um, I think a lot of students come from away and leave their support communities back home so um, so you know do that early in your first second year you know find who your support network is here um, and and just engage with the community a bit more as well um, those would be sort of the priorities and then if if needed reach out for help. Um, there's so many services on campus. So when I say, you know, reach out for help, it doesn't necessarily mean like that you need to see like health professional necessarily, but what other supports are on campus um, and, and what can, services. Can you give us some examples? What yeah, would be those of things course. you would, you would so, point to? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, just the volunteer programs are great. Like what other peer support networks are out there? Um, so we, we have the SHAPE program, but there's also like the peer support center in the sub, the UVSS uh, runs that one. Um, Multiface Services has a variety of programming, anything from meditation to their pet cafe where you can go pet a dog um, and, and lots of like faith-based services as well. Um, so which, which all I think help foster that community um, and, you know, help people like meet other people. Um, so those, yeah, those would be some examples of what's out there, but there's tons of clubs and other communities on campus as well. So find, find what you're interested in, find what, what, you know, what's that balance part. So not just academics, but what other things are you doing? Do you, when you look at your clients, if that's the right word, do you see the, uh, a particular demographic, uh, i.e. Uh, are are first-year students more likely to access your services than fourth-year students or is it a, a mix right across the board where there's no uh, i.e. I. stress doesn't discriminate you know that mm-hmm. anyone and everyone can be in that place yeah um a bit of a mix but typically um what we see in you know i can speak to sort of health services as, as well working as a nurse in the clinic that um most um, first-year students kind of struggle the most with um, it, it's a big transition coming to university um, so transitions cause stress um, so typically we're seeing a lot of first-year students struggling a bit more with stress um, and and they haven't always found the the coping 
mechanisms that work for them yet. So, um, yeah, I, I would say first, first, second year, um, we see a bit more. We went out and asked students how they deal with stress and mental health. Here are some of the responses. So when I feel stressed about um, about university or lectures or anything, I just go out into the nature, do some hiking, kayaking, yeah, and feel like this is so much better than studying. And when I'm then home, like my head is clear again. Um, personally, when I'm stressed, I like playing guitar um, just because it takes my mind off everything. Um, so whenever I'm stressed, I find it really helpful um, to speak to friends and to find kind of empathy um, among people who are experiencing the exact same thing. People who are in the same classes have the same experience as you, but also people um, in different years have different levels of experience. So someone who's in fourth year might have insight for you um, that you might not have thought of before. Um, and also just keeping a general perspective on where you at, where you are at in your studies can be really helpful. So if you're at the undergraduate level and you're just kind of uh, struggling to get the basics of a discipline down. For example, I'm in social sciences, so um, just keeping that in perspective that you're learning the basics and there's still more to come, not to get overwhelmed, but um, just take it one at a time, one day, take it one day at a time. I would say personally, I tend to uh, try to take breaks when I'm studying, break it up. So like I'll do, try to put in an hour and then I don't know, play video games for half an hour, watch a YouTube video or something, go eat uh, and then come back. I would say that's the biggest thing for me. Just, I can't really focus for like more than an hour straight. So like after that, it's not even worth it. And then I try not to study too late, even if it means like I might not get as much study time, just because, I don't know, something about studying it late, late at night, just, I don't know, it's, it's never been worth it for me, so. Yeah. yeah, so I would say those are the two biggest things for me. I wonder, Annie, do you think it's because of the way we've normalized um, mental health issues and, and talking about stress more openly these days? I mean, you hinted at that earlier as well, so. Uh, do you think that's that's why these students are finding solutions themselves? Yeah, for sure. And and just that they're okay with admitting like, well, oh, yeah, when I get stressed, uh, you know, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, people might not have been okay with admitting that before. Like, we didn't really talk about stress and the effects that it has on our mental health. Um, whereas now, yeah, a lot more people are willing to just, oh, yep, yeah, that, that happens to me too. Or, or even recognizing that what you're experiencing is a symptom of stress. Yep. And, yeah. You know, like how long did it take me before I realized that a racing heart or not sleeping well or, you know, all these other manifestations of stress were actually caused by something that I mm -hmm. had some control over. Mm -hmm. and, and, and unless you realize that, you just live with it. And then it can accelerate and, and get worse. What's your strategy, Ted? I meditate. Coping with it. Mindfulness meditation Wonderful. has been a real, really uh, beneficial practice for me. Excellent. That's really mm -hmm. good. Really good. How about you, Annie? Mm -hmm. I think mindfulness is brilliant as well, um, just for general mental health and well-being. Um, but exercise for me is a big one, mm -hmm. just and getting outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd have to yeah. say that yeah. for me too, being out in nature. Absolutely. Um, and spending time with the... Uh, 
my dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really do uh, change how, the way you feel about things, don't they? They yeah. just are so focused. My dog's so focused on just playing. But I'm with you. Uh, I love going to the gym. I love lifting weights. Um, I think those things are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that connecting with, with peers is part of what you do. And we heard that in the, in the student answers as well. Finding somebody that can show you some empathy, uh, talking with someone, realizing you're not the only person that has this kind of reaction or this sort of problem, and, and uh, it helps put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you identifying any programming needs um, that this university needs? Um, well, I guess I, it, this would be a good time to mention that um, there's a big integration coming up with uh, health counseling and multi-faith services. We're integrating, um, so counseling and health will be um, co-located next year, which is, we're really excited about that because it allows us to take a more community-based approach to sort of health and well-being um, and, and hopefully improve um, the services available to students. Um, you know, when they're trying to access, it, it can be hard to know, where do I go, counseling or health or both? And now it's just going to be one door to access kind of all those services. So um, I, we're, we're really hoping that will improve the student experience um, when they're seeking our services. So that's, yeah, we're working towards it already. Excellent. Yeah. I yeah. love hearing that. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. That integrated approach to wellness, right? Yeah. Um, I think the other location that we hear sometimes uh, about service being provided is through First People's House and um, the opportunity to meet with the different elders that are there, the ceremonies that are offered, and just the sense of community that Indigenous students have when they spend time there makes a big difference for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and they offer so many um, different programs there as well and we've actually got a nurse in the first people's house once a week so so we're trying to kind of uh, sort of integrate more with other communities and services on campus too so it's exciting that's really good it's really good to hear yeah annie is there a particular uh, trigger or a particular thing that brings people in to your programs seeking help for stress is there what's the predominant driver that gets people through your doors that you see um we definitely see more people through the door at certain times of year and i bet you can guess what times of year those are sort of around exam time um and and yeah typically we see that people maybe get partway through the semester they start getting some grades back maybe disappointed with those grades causes some stress and then final exams come up and that's a really stressful time. Um, and I think part of that is that they get so you know, so focused on school and trying to perform well academically and kind of forget about those other things that, um, you know, we heard those other students mentioning, like getting outside and playing guitar and, you know, just getting sleep, things like that. They, they sort of fall behind on those. So, um, and, it, and it gets overwhelming. And so then they come in through our doors um, to, to get help. This is a radical idea, but what if we had post-secondary education programs that didn't have exams? Yeah. And you had ways other than a high test or high stakes test at the end of the term to show your competency. You, you might see changes in student stress levels. Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, we've always thought that too, or just um, the ability to be flexible 
um, maybe having um, students have a bit more choice and you know what percentage of their exam is you know how much weight is on an exam towards their grade that kind of thing mm -hmm. or deadlines choosing deadlines they know they can say when I'm gonna hand in a paper that would be really neat well Annie thanks for coming by and uh, talking with us today about the shape program and all of the many things that uh, are being done here on campus to support students and provide um, tips and tricks and relief from some of the stress that we know is part of this life. Great. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for coming in. This episode of Learning Transforms was produced by Julie Remy. Sound recording is by Bryce Many, and sound editing is by Emily Mabobi. I'm Ted Rekin. And I'm Shaneen Pete. Thanks for listening.